When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles presented by Bolin Media. Please respect and enjoy the podcast. I am Brother Ross here with Brother Barrett. And Brother Barrett, I realized I don't think I've asked you what you think of the intro sequence for Foundation. Oh no! Like the theme music and visuals. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like it. It's it's good. Um, the I like the music. I think the visual. I think the visuals are good. They 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 get me in the right headspace for the show. Sure, I, I, you know, and we'll we'll continue to talk about this as the as the season continues. But season one, which we very much described as kind of heady and cerebral, and I know that some people feel is slower paced, um, but it was very much like this kind of like it just had this like mystique to it, and this very like expansive kind of almost like foreboding. Yeah, overarching like theme and motif, and we talked about the scale of it all, and it was just like it 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 was kind of like dark and almost like oppressing in a way, just because it was so because of that like gravity and not in the space law of nature way, but in like the weighty yeah yeah. burden (laughs) of it of it all. Does this does this make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, it was a little it was a little darker. Yeah, and so I feel like that I feel like the intro really 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 tied into that now in the second season where there's just a little bit more whimsy i'd say a lot more <laughs> a lot more <laughs> there's but yeah. a, lot, a lot more whimsy yeah i'm not totally sure that the intro sequence really like ties to the show as much um uh, which is something that i've definitely noticed uh beyond that i will just say that like starting in whatever it was 2013 when did what season one of westworld come out Something like that. Something like that. Basically, everybody watched the Westworld intro sequence and was like, yep, that's the one. Got to do that. And almost every single intro since then for a prestige drama television show has basically been influenced by the Westworld intro in some way, shape, or form. And this one is heavy. Definitely. Heavy, heavily influenced by by that that OG Westworld. Yeah, major, major Westworld vibes during this one. And uh, I, I think what's... Because the reason I ask, I've gotten to the point now where I, I skip it every time. Okay. Every time that skip well, you're intro on a pops of up. This, of well, this sure. season, you know? Yeah, but you know how it is. Like, I, like there are certain shows where the intro, I mean, White Lotus and Succession being two recent ones, that where the intro really gets you in the headspace and well, gets you hyped. Well, nobody's skipping the White Lotus. No, intro. that'd be that'd be insanity. I'd skip the Game of Thrones one before I skip the White Lotus one. Yeah, I, I agree with. Well, mostly because I've seen the Game of Thrones one like two thousand times at this yeah. point. But but yeah, so I mean, this show's intro isn't doing much to get me hyped, 
I'm just kind of like, yeah, 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 the fucking Prime Radiant, I get it. Boop. Skip intro. Um, music's okay. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I think generally it accomplishes the the mm-hmm. vibe of the show. It's yeah. just very galactic mathematics and yeah, yeah. Fucking, I just, I was just curious what you thought. I about like it. when they scan the heads and all the heads are like kind of like dissolving from the back and like yeah. floating out into space. And then obviously there's the hand holding the prime radiant, and yeah. I feel like that we saw the hand on the the uh, on the planet that is not Ignis. Oh um, yeah, I didn't even it, connect those dots. Yeah, and it's holding yeah. the prime radiant in the intro, and then like Harry's on the hand on that planet, and like wow, you know, the, the, there might be something going on there. Is Harry um, the prime radiant? Yeah. Speaking of Harry, I uh, just learned because I you know. Episode five, especially, I think I started to feel this way in episode four, but episode five, definitely, I was like, I, 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 sh- I should probably be watching with subtitles because I'm missing so many words. Yeah, um, it, this is a challenging one, man. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like one of those shows where there are, it's, it's not like there are altogether enough strong accents to really uh, put you in a place where you feel like it's an obvious subtitle show. But right. no, it's you almost do more miss like a lot. It's almost more like the sound engineering. It's not even necessarily the accents. It's just the way that some of the the, the conversation happens and and other noises that are happening or or whatever it might be. But like many 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 times, I'm I'm going through a scene and being like, I think I got the gist of that. Yeah, yeah. Doing a little like you know squinted eyes thing. But yeah. uh, I caught that Harry is H A R I. Yep. Yeah. Here, here I've been, you know, like a schmuck, just thinking this was regular old Harry. H-A-R- old Harry. H-A-R-R-Y. No, 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 no. Potter? <laughs> yeah, everybody it's, else has freaking weird names like it's Salvor. Cool. It's cool, Harry, like Harry Neff. Who the hell's Harry Neff? She's like a, she's a pop culture act, she's an actor. Okay, well, she's a she, which was the first starting uh, um, surprise for me. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so H-A-R-I, you know. Well, Gale is G A A L. What it, what is it? G A A L. Oh, okay. Is right. Gale. Naturally. Uh Gal. Salvor is spelled like you would think it is. Yeah. And then yeah, Harry's H A R I. Yeah. Yeah. Strange names. They Cleon, like to do this. C L E O N. These old sci-fi fantasy writers, they like to they like to hit you with the the strange spellings and the weird names. Like George R. R. Martin is the Probably the right, goat of this. Right. He cannot have a normal name in no. his show. He has to make it strange in some way. Well, let's jump into uh, season two, episode four of Foundation, which is titled "Where the Stars Are Scattered Thinly." And first, we can check in with our bad boy general Bel Rios and his husband Glewin Kerr. There's two weird names for you. Mm. These two are on a very Star Trek style adventure in this episode. I think we've we've. We've given um, we've made a lot of sci-fi references. Yep. In the first few episodes, we've talked on about uh, Westworld already today, but also Star Wars is, is probably the biggest one that comes up. But Star Trek uh, is one I do not think we have mentioned that Bell Rios and Glewin Kerr take a little bit of a Star Trek esque adventure here. They land on Suwana. When it's just feeling Star Trekky with the fleet and the uniforms and, yep. and oh yeah. And then the 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 beam me down Scotty, basically. Where I believe, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I got this right. You'll again should maybe should have the subtitles on for this one. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they said that they were twenty five thousand kilometers away from the planet. 
Well, I mean, e- even if, let's just say, even so, if it was 2,500. An insane distance from the planet is what they're saying. I looked it up, and it's like they're like 500 miles away. Or, or no, not, or like 5,000 miles away. Yeah. They say that they are an incredible distance from the planet up and then in they that just, ship. And they just jump on down there. And then they just there. jump on out, and like in like three seconds, like in their little space suits, they're just like on the ground. Yeah. That was a, that was bad. That was a mistake. I, I they're, they're Made it seem too easy? Way, way, way too easy. They said they were so far away. They're like hovering up, like basically just like, you know, not even in orbit. Like, like they're just way, way far away. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well, Suena is the planet we saw Polly Verisov and Brother Constant converting the locals with their magic show and the fireworks and the Job shooting coins out of his cuffs right. all over That's the right. place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is where you noticed that one character you were like, that guy, I think there was one guy on, on Suena that looked like he was from Game of Thrones. Yeah. And it was Locke. Locke, the he's one of like the the scumbag pieces of shit that has. I think he cuts off Jamie Lannister's hand. You are right. Yeah, and I, I confused it because I said that he gets his hand cut off. Oh yeah, yeah. I remembered the hand. I remembered he's the a one hand who cuts. being a cut being cut off. But you are correct, sir. He is the one that does the. He is the one who knocks. He yeah. cuts off the hand. He is the one who cuts. Yeah. Uh, so on Suena, Bell and Glewin are investigating whether the Foundation is a threat to Empire at Day's behest. Um, if you've somehow not tracked their storyline so far, it's pretty straightforward. Bell Rios was on a penal colony because he disobeyed orders. He's been there for six years. He thought his husband was dead. His husband is alive. Now he's back in the employ of Empire, and he's out trying to figure out what's happening on the Outer Reach. And this is uh, the first place they stop is Suena. So... Rios and Kerr do some, like like Barrett said, crazy sky jumping from the ship to the planet thing. And then they walk through the desert. They meet some locals. They fight some locals. They almost get killed by some locals. They get into a real real nasty brawl here. Western gunslinging out yeah, there in the, in, the, in the sand. But they kill all of them except for one. Yeah. I would note, Bel Rios is extremely turned on by this encounter. <laughs> uh, it's been some time since the old guy, the old yeah, timer, has, has really gotten to... Uh, some people just get a real jolt from getting punched in the face. Oh, yeah. They got sliced a little, they too. They can't get enough. Yeah, And uh, hadn't experienced combat in a long time, and he really, really thoroughly enjoyed that. Much to the, uh, to the chagrin of... Um, of Glaywin. Of Glaywin. Yeah. yeah. This isn't you. Don't lose yourself. Don't in lose the... yourself. Yeah, he's yeah. Glaywin has some um, on the nose lines in this episode. I will say, I thought that this episode went quite a distance to uh, dispel our theorizing that Glaywin is not actually Glaywin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's just Glaywin. Yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't comment any further, but yeah, yeah. Um, so they meet uh, after they, you know, kill all these random wanderers who have some box they're trying to get. I don't, I, I don't even follow what that box was about. It's but the package. They yeah, got to they, they, they secure the package. Imperial package they've got to secure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the package ends up being their way off the planet. Okay. Because um, that, that's what they open up, I believe, to do their little star tunnel shooty outers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Reverse planet jump onto yeah, yeah. out of yeah yeah, yeah good stuff. <laughs> um, so very technical terminology of there course, that I yes. was using. We both just, nailed that. Yeah, yeah. We both nailed we, that. We crushed it. So then uh, Bell and Glaywin end up meeting with an Imperial informant, and this was a little bit confusing for me. Like suddenly they're talking to this other guy, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, what's happening? 
what's happening here? And then it turns out that other guy actually is the dude on Sawina who has been sending updates back to Empire for like years and years and years. And no one has ever responded because no. they got like cut off or whatever. Right. Uh, but he's just kept doing it. He's loyal to he's the just old, a loyalist, man. old Empire, he's just man. Through and through. And uh, so he shows them footage of when Constant and her her high cleric buddy came down and did their little magic show so that Bell and his husband see, oh my God, these weird religious magicians, they've got personal auras, these these protective shields that are supposed to be just for empire. Yeah, yeah, personal auras and, um, might I add, whispers. Mm. Whispers of uh, jump ships. Of, and what they call a whisper ship. A whisper and ship. And that's all these are, Barrett, is just whispers. They're just whispers got... right now. No well, proof. Zero I was thinking proof. about when he said that. He's like, He watches the footage and he's like, yeah, but until I see it with my own eyes, <laughs> I'm not going to worry about this. And Because... Just first hearing it, I'm like, what an idiot. He just showed you. Yeah, yeah. But then I was thinking about it, and having watched Silo recently, where there's mm-hmm. quite a bit of visual manipulation that takes place, it does make sense that in this futuristic yeah. technological era, sure, you wouldn't just like watch footage of something and trust it. Because even now in 2023, we're at the point where like if somebody shows you a video of something, the odds that it is real have plummeted in like the last <laughs> 10 years. Right. Like right. plummeted. So uh, yeah. I get I get his needing confirmation or whatever. That's fair. Yeah, but uh, but but the I, the the big thing is that like back on back old out Empire way, um, they they still need these these archaic spacers to do to do jumps. Yeah, right. You yeah, know, that's a just, big distinction here. It's old old stuff. It's old head stuff. Uh, Empire needs spacers. Meanwhile, the future kids out here in the outer reach. They don't need them spacers. Yeah, they figured out their own way to do they it. They got their own way. They just drop a little triangle thing on their wrist, bada bang, bada boom. That's it. That's all it takes. Spacer free. Yep. Uh, the informant also collects banned books, specifically printed books, and uh, they were kind of enthralled by that, Bell and husband. And then uh, the informant, after he gives them this information about what's been going on out there in you know the outer reach and what foundation has going on, he asks Bell Rios to shoot him in the head after he's poisoned himself uh-huh. because Locke from Game of Thrones is coming to kill him and banging <laughs> on the door. And this was, it was, I mean, I get it. I don't know that we needed this, the drama of this scene. Like, we just met this guy. None of us care. Uh, he's some Imperial rat. We're just like, what? What? Fuck this guy. Who cares? Yeah. I don't really understand why the rest of the planet of Suena is beating down his door. Like, do they? Like, they, they somehow know they, that he's harboring. Know, yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they know that because he's the harboring one guy Empire. That got away from the from the troop of scallywags. Yeah. He he went and rounded up a bunch of people. He got a posse going. He got a posse going, which included Locke from Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. <laughs> the one who cuts. The one. The one who cuts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and they're gonna they're looking for those guys for the two guys that that started the melee, and um and they're yeah they're they they uh they're a bunch of rascals. They're well, not gonna. I, but why couldn't the informant just be like, oh, they came in and they they used right, the right, violence right. on me, and I didn't give them anything. <laughs> like that seems like it would end the... I, the. I feel like that dude had been there for so long. <laughs> He's just, just ready to go, sending out a signal. <laughs> That like once it finally was received, he was like, "My mission is fulfilled." Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, "That's it for me. It's not like that." That's, I have nothing left to live nothing... for. <laughs> Shoot me. <laughs> yeah, it was just a great line where he's like, "I would ask that you please use your plasma pistol on yeah. my head." I would note that if you refuse, I have already poisoned myself, but I think this would be much more uh, like dignified. Dignified. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, he gets what he wanted, and he Bell does. puts yeah. one through his noggin. He doesn't have to deal with Locke, the one who cuts. Um, Glaywin Kerr, I said he said he has a few lines in this episode that are kind of on the nose. One yeah. of them is he's like, you have to be careful, Bell, about taking part in atrocities. Suddenly you're complicit oh, in so, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ba- basically being like, he's, he's trying to say, like, Empire is bad. Yeah. And whether or not you believe you have to do these things that you're doing, you might accidentally become part of the bad right, more right. so than you're realizing, right? Um, and that's pretty much it for Bel Rios and Glaywin out there on Sawina. Now let's check in with Hober Marshmallow, Brother Constant, and Polly Verisoff. Um Oh, I would note, last week we were confused because uh, Brother Constant hugged two different dudes. Mm-hmm. That seemed like father figures. We were like, which one is dad? It's yeah. both of them. They're both dad. Okay. Um, she has two dads. And uh, Hober Mallow has wine from a planet that no longer exists. Mm. You know, like, I mean, if you've ever been a wino, uh, you're aware that, like, there's... there. There is really expensive wine out there. Yeah. I was fascinated by his little story about that wine. Like, it's not only wine from a place that was known for the wine. It's a place that was known for the wine that no longer exists. And not only does it no longer exist, the planet it was on no longer exists because Empire nuked it to death. So that's rare vintage there. Very rare vintage, yeah. Might want to hang on to that one. Yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a car Hober Mallow and Brother Constant uh, They seem to have some chemistry Ooh, it's really heating up, isn't it? They're landing on us pretty thick Yeah That these two, they like each other Yeah And uh, getting mighty flirtatious there Getting steamy in that that old old ship Yeah, so they arrive at Terminus And then Hober Mallow and the two clerics And the leader of Foundation Who was one of Constant's dads dads, Yeah uh, They just Enter the old vault. Like, Hober gets sucked in. Mm-hmm. Tractor beam sucked him right in. <laughs> and then everybody else is just like, oh, we'll head on We'll head on in there, too. They just walk in. Yeah, and it, yeah, all you yeah. get is a little, like, sound. Mm-hmm. And then you're in there. That's, then you're in there. I didn't realize, like, I thought you had to be, you know, chosen to enter kind of thing. Like, with vampires and true blood, you have to, you I have think to you fight do. them in. I think you I think you, yeah, yeah. So you think these? this was just the squad that... Harry was allowing in at this point. Correct. I think you kind of like it's. It's like a. It's like you got to. You you basically it's kind of like going through a TSA security gate, right? And it like it, if you've got metal on you, it beeps, right? Yeah. It, it, it's one of those types of things. It knows. It's like it knows if yeah. you're if you're allowed to come in or not, and if you're allowed, you just you just zoop right in there. Yeah. Well, we find out the vault is actually a tesseract, uh, which means it is an infinite space outside of time, and it can manipulate molecules to make. I believe it's a four-dimensional space. It's a four-dimensional place in a three-dimensional one, or something. Yeah, they like keep that. saying yeah, that yeah. that uh, phrase. That it's got the fourth dimension, is what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Does not compute for my lesser brain. Uh, another concept that my feeble mind. We, I mean, 100 does not think, grasp. But I think everybody knows that the more dimensions, the better. Yeah. Well, so I mean, the crazy thing about in there though is that Harry's like. Help yourself to some books in my library, my food, furniture. Like, and then what's her name points out, like, well, anything that's in here is actually made of you. you like, yeah, your yeah. molecules are what is taken and used. Right. And Hober Mallow has no problem eating Harry. Yeah, but... well, that's just we're all molecules, Ross. That's that's the thing. Well, see, I get that part, but like the everything in the vault being Harry and him being able to make anything because he has molecules mm-hmm, and this. Mm-hmm. Pla- anyway, the, it's magic, is what I'm right. That's the extent of my understanding. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, and also Hober Marshmallow took a shit on the floor inside the vault. <laughs> yeah, what a random ass line. To just they just had it. to get that. It, that's what I'm saying. At the beginning of the episode today, when you said like it's getting pretty, uh, what was the word you used? Wh- whimsical. Whimsical, whimsy in there. Yeah, like such a random, weird line to drop in that Hober's just like, I've been in here for three days. Yeah, I had to take a shit over there. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, wow, it's really big in here. And he, let's go this way. He's like, good, good, yes, that way. Because if we went this way over here. I've been taking steaming dumps on the floor. Like, okay. And then I was like, I, I was a little high watching this one. So I was like, what? I mean, you just shit in Harry's house. Who's going to come clean that up? Like, say, there's not a janitorial staff unless he makes those out of molecules too, like, well, too I guess. Just, I think he can just disappear anything as well. So he just, the, 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 poo, the poo just like just disappears. It just so now we're back to the movie Envy. Evaporates and, uh, into the floor, I would say. That's how I would describe that it. That was the whole premise for that movie with <laughs> Jack Black and Ben Stiller, was that Jack Black's character invents a, a, the technology to make dog shit disappear. But then the problem, right, is where, where, does, is, where, does where is it all going? <laughs> that was the worst movie Barrett and I ever saw in theaters together. Um, so Harry appears in the vault. He comes out, and it's like, oh! And he recognizes that the foundation has reached the religious phase. So he knew going into this, like, oh, they're going to turn me into a deity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be mm-hmm. a god. Yeah. And uh, so he acts like a god. He, yeah. like, you know, refers to Constant as his child, kisses her on the forehead. He acts like the immortal prophet that this church they have spun up reveres. And then uh, he also confesses to Polly that he killed that warden intentionally. And now I, watching this for the second time through, I had a hard time determining if he was bullshitting. And I don't mean bullshitting like, because um, he says something like, well, a God's got to show a little wrath every now and then, you know, to like get people in check, keep, keep them yeah, in check yeah. or whatever. I I don't know that he killed the warden. I'm, I'm starting to get the feeling that Harry is taking credit for more than he should. Mm. Like, I don't, I think the prime radiant did that. I don't think Harry was in there like scratching Hober Mallow's name into the side of the fucking vault either like i'm starting to get the feeling Mm. that the vault and harry are kind of acting as separate entities in some way because like what was this episode clicked some things into place from past episodes for me like the whole experience of him getting his own body Mm -hmm. that didn't seem like it was his plan right 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 it seemed like there was an outside force the way that yeah the way that he describes it it seems more like it was an outside force. like it was a surprise to him right like he showed up out there and yeah was in the fucking mountain and whatnot we we do know that there are two prime radiants right but now i'm I'm, now i'm forgetting where the second one is salvor harden and gail got it remember well they they have one yeah but where's the second one oh i think it's in here with harry maybe maybe Oh, good question. Yeah, I can't remember. We good we question. we know that. I'm just not. I'm I'm. I can't place it right now. Uh, anyway, I'll, all I was going to say is that I'm not sure that the vault is the prime radiant. It's just this tesseract space that is Harry Seldon, right? It's a manifestation of his molecules, as as we've learned that the the thing he was in that turned into the vault, yada yada. It's all him. So, and I, I did take I did take his word when he was describing why he killed. The, the warden oh, there. Oh, yeah, that's true. He gave um, an explanation. For basically where he was like, I, I think Brother Constant asks him, like, if that was divine judgment. And he said, like, I think he, doesn't he basically say, like, yeah, pretty much. He, um, oh, it was Polly that's asking, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was basically like, yeah, I mean, he was super fast to basically declare himself 
some type of profit. Uh, yeah, he said, he how gonna... long before this guy is the one saying, like, I am the only one who can contact Terry yeah. Seldon. I am the chosen one. Yeah. Uh, and then he was like, and yeah, also, like, the people expect a little fire and blood. They expect a little, you know, they, you, you need to show a little kind of unhinged wrath. Yeah. To to maintain the, the deity type status, right? Keep people rolling with to the keep, plan. Yeah. And yeah. So, so I took him for his word on that, but... I do think that you're touching on something that definitely seems like it's going on, which we've kind of alluded to as well with the other Harry, with Gale and and Salvor, about like how much is him, how much is the Prime Radiant, right? Who is actually calling shots, um, taking them to the different planets, uh, and and just kind of like like what you know we've got Calais and 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 who's it, what's it, and other people just like it's like show, his old his showing wife. up yeah. inside of the Prime Radiant. We don't know who Calais was. She was a physical embodiment of something, but wasn't registering as a live person on their little like tracker thing. Like right, that was all there, really strange. There's a whole bunch of mysteries still. I think about you know the the Harry Prime Radiant kind of and and Calais. I'll just throw her in there too. That whole connection and like what's actually happening there. Yeah, they made uh, made some strides in episode four in terms of like the whole the you know the comparison between what's going on in the show and then like organized religion in in the real world that we live in. Yeah, I also thought just sorry to interrupt, yeah. but it, there's there's an, there's another little like very pointed line from Harry when he basically describes he's like, oh, you've reached the religion phase. Yeah, and he's like, hmm, you should be out of that in relative time or what. He basically describes the religious phase as a phase of civilization and a humanity that eventually, they outgrow. With, with continued <laughs> intelligence and knowledge gathering, you outgrow. Right, right. Which I thought was very um, pointed. It was. Know? Definitely saying something. <laughs> definitely. definitely saying something. He, even, he, says, he says like, current, uh, oh, people uh, love to kneel. Yeah. He's like, it was. A, this was always going to happen. People right. love to kneel. It's yep. like, damn, dude. Fucking so, frying uh, us out Yeah, here. so that, that, was, that, was, uh, that was interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, where were we? Oh, that's just that the, the show, uh, is doing a lot with the whole Harry Seldon yes. plan, um, to kind of say things about religion and, yeah. and, and what we've got going on spiritually out here as the humans. But, uh, but yeah, so he's giving, he's giving everybody inside the vault their kind of marching orders for what's next. Right. Um, Assignments to prevent the war. To, right. He, as it were. Yes. Yeah, attempting to prevent the war is what he is outwardly saying is his intention, uh, and that that's his mission for our two clerics. Yeah, Polly and Constant get sent to Empire to open diplomatic relations. To some extent, we don't yep. I mean, obviously yep. that's going to be something we see. Um, and they're they're the extended hand outward peacefully, and Hober Marshmallow is the knife behind the back. Yeah. He he stays behind after class, and Harry gives him a special assignment, yeah. which we're not privy to at the moment, I don't think. But it does certainly seem to be. Yeah, and it, and and my read of that was certainly, uh, like maybe, you know, another thing that we know about Harry is that he often does not tell everybody the whole truth and nothing but the truth. He likes to keep things kind of cordoned off, and only certain people know certain things. And it seems like Brother Constant and Brother Polly are not necessarily bait, but kind of on a fool's mission a little bit. 
Whereas like Hober seems to be getting the more important like actual mission. Yeah, would you want to go fucking uh, <laughs> preach to Empire about the Harry Seldon religion? Does that seem like a job you would want? <laughs> Hell no. But yeah, you know, they're all in believers. Yeah, uh, Polly yeah. and and Consonant. So, um, anyway, they're headed to found or to uh, Empire, and then uh, we don't know where Harry sent Hober Marshmallow, but I guess we'll see in the near future. No brother day in this episode. No. At all. Um, Queen Sarath is trying to figure out if her future husband, Brother Day, really murdered her entire family. Which, let me ask you this. Do you understand how Queen Sarath's whole family got wiped out? I think they were on a blimp. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> I had no idea. And I, when I was when I was like reading through this part of our outline for today, I was like, I don't think I know how they died. And I Googled it and they were in a Zeppelin crash <laughs> Zeppelin, or explosion. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the Hindenburg. Yeah. <laughs> and she was just not on it. Not anyway, on, there's, yeah, that was yeah. a little funny to me. Um, she, uh, oh, so Queen Sarah is like planting seeds with brother Dawn. She's like, well, we're the same age. Like why wouldn't we have made a fine match instead of me and your older shittier brother, and she's sowing some seeds of discontent in there. Yeah, she is. Poking the, around, the, This you episode know? is really, really opening up uh, Queen Sarath and, uh, and kind of what she's all about. Um, and she is, she's, make, she's making some moves. She's plotting. She's sneaky. Uh, doing a little, doing a little, uh, little finger action here. Just yeah. Just kind of like moving and shaking, wheeling and dealing, master of secrets. Um, talking to Day. Yeah. And removing her makeup to seem like a common folk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She and does a lot. She's taking big steps here. But what we learn is, right, in this episode is that she has reason to believe that Day kind of orchestrated the death of her entire family. That she, it, She's certainly under the impression that it was likely Day yep. that yep. wiped out her whole family um, and that there was something in it for him, like that that's the only reason she is there now, right? Almost sort of implying in the same way that Harry Seldon is able to determine things via mathematics that he was able, Brother Day was able to see several steps ahead like, mm -hmm. all right, well, I need somebody from Dominion to come and that would be the most, you know, strategically sound yep. coupling. And none of these, these folks are going to do it. But if I kill all of them, you know what I mean? So that seems to be the impression she's under. And she's talking to Brother Dawn trying to determine, like, if his older self would be capable of killing her whole family yeah. just for his own means. And uh, then she spells out for Brother Don that essentially he's about to be obsolete and utterly replaceable and essentially worthless soon. It's pretty pretty dark, some of the stuff she gets yeah, into. Yeah. And then she finds a guard, Queen Sarath, that she convinces to be her informant. And she's going to have this guard look into the blind angel's assassination attempt. And when we hop over to episode five in a moment, we will get further into that. But yeah, that's pretty much it from the Empire side of this episode. No Brother Day. Brother Dawn is being somewhat seduced by Queen Sarath. and seduced, manipulated, worked. Definitely getting yeah. worked. And then uh, she's got herself an informant now. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes the most comfortable and versatile pants, shorts, and bathing suits in the entire world. I've been wearing them for several years now. Bird Dogs are phenomenal. I have an entire drawer of my dresser occupied solely by Bird Dogs pants, shorts, and bathing suits. I wear them to sleep, to do yard work, to work out, Play basketball, go swimming. I wear them to do everything. Bird dogs fit great, they look great, and they feel great. 
ton of different colors, lots of different designs, all have funny names like the Art Fart Knockers, Duffy the Vampire Slayers, Uncle Bucks, and Teddy Rubskins, just to name a few. The shorts are incredible, but we are in the depths of winter here, so more importantly, their pants are great for the golf course, the office, going out to dinner, hitting the bars, and now they've got great-looking polo shirts that are just as comfortable as the pants and shorts. Click on the link in the description below to go to birddogs.com dragon and enter code dragon at checkout. They will throw in a free bird dogs tech hat with every order when you use code dragon. It's a beautiful bird dogs hat for free when you go to birddogs.com dragon and use code dragon at checkout. One more time, birddogs.com slash dragon. Code dragon. 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 Episode five of Foundation season two is titled The Sighted and the scene. And I'm really stoked to uh, hear your overall thoughts on these two once we've kind of gotten through the finer points of the plot, Barrett. Um, I wanted to open our discussion of episode five by recognizing that apparently the clones and the genetic dynasty of Empire are not really a thing in the books, which is really interesting to me because, again, I think it's the best part of the show. Like, I think it's the, the, the thing that anchors the rest of the show mm-hmm. is this group of three weirdos who are clones of this original Cleon and all of the problems and weird stuff that happens around that. Like, yep. that's my favorite part of, of Foundation. And uh, as I've said, I quite enjoy this show. So it's a pretty fucking important part of what I think is a great show. So um, the fact that they spun that up, that it's not in the books, is, is wild. That's all I'm saying to begin our episode five discussion. Uh, we start this episode with a flashback. Yeah, that is very interesting. To Raish killing Harry Seldon at his behest, which we already knew happened and saw from a certain angle in season one. Yep. Um, is it, does he kill, does Raish have the knife that Harry then ends up occupying? Is that what yes. he kills him with? Okay. Yep. And then he chunks it into the pod and Gale gets shot off into space with it. Okay. All Same correct. knife. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, then Harry, present day Harry, who now has a body Harry that is with Gale and, and uh, Salvor Harry, he has a dream or a vision of some sort of Raish basically telling him that he's very unhappy with ho- how all this unfolded. So like, it seems like Harry Seldon is, st- is carrying a lot of guilt around like people he's having to quote unquote sacrifice for the good of the plan. And uh, whether or not this vision is some kind of a spiritual experience is really neither here nor there when it comes down to it. The point is, Harry feels terrible about what happened with Raish. And while outwardly we have heard Harry blame Gale repeatedly for everything that's gone on, it feels like internally mm-hmm. he's struggling with like, well, maybe I didn't handle this as well as I could have. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not such a great god after all. Um, that was my takeaway anyway. So... Jumping over to Brothers uh, Day, Dusk, and Dawn. Dusk watches old homemade porn with Rue, <laughs> who it's like, decades old, this, yeah, this, yeah. These, uh, this sex tape they get into here. Uh, Queen Sareth's right-hand woman, Rue, it turns out, was a concubine that Dusk picked up back in the day and developed a relationship with. Um, Back but, in the day, because <laughs> like, he was day. Then. But her, but her memories were right, were uh, were wiped. Right. Um, you can't be coming around here no more, Rue. Shout out to <laughs> Angus Cloud. But uh, but yeah. So a lot of talk in this episode in particular. We've we've kind of been building toward it, but like Empire's memories and whether or not they are whole is is one of the big plot yeah. plots uh, plot yeah. lines of this yeah. episode's five. Um, 
Dusk becomes suspicious that his memories may not all be there. And apparently memory altering is something only Brother Day has the power to do now after he became suspicious of the Blind Angel's assassination attempt. And even after making sure that Dawn and Dusk had nothing to do with it, he maintained that singular power a la George W. Bush <laughs> after 9-11. Yeah. 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 I just thought that was the most, uh, you know, real world comp comp that we have. Um, so Dusk and Dawn go to talk to a hologram representation of the memory of Cleon the First. <laughs> That's correct. Didn't know you could do this, did you? Did not. No, no, they hadn't busted this one out yet. Wait, wouldn't you be doing this like every day? They're just like finally going to do this fucking season two halfway through? <laughs> God damn. I, we've looked at this statue of Cleon. Like a dozen times. A yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, if we both go put our palms on this thing, he'll uh-huh. pop out and answer any question we have like a fucking genie from a bottle. <laughs> Come yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is another one of those funny moments. It definitely seems like something that they wrote. And then they were like, oh, we'll just retcon it. You know, we'll yeah, just back explain it. We'll, we'll just uh, stick it in there. Yeah, we'll just you know, pop it'll it be, in there. It'll be fine. They got the line from Dusk where he's like, ah, yes. Always too proud to admit that I did, I should have done this yes, or whatever. He says you know? he literally has never <laughs> done it before. He never he could lower his ego and pride uh-huh, enough yeah. to go bring himself to talk to the original version of himself. So they're trying to solve their ongoing issues, dawn and dusk, with day. Yeah. They've got issues with day. There's a lot going on here. They feel like they're getting stripped of their power. They're less important than they were. He's holding like wartime power over into peacetime sort mm-hmm, of kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they pop OG Cleon the genie out of this bottle and he is not super helpful. No, he's just like, uh, that's that, y- y- this is a bunch of bullshit. Y'all got to work this out. He's like, sucks <laughs> to suck. I'm going back to sleep. Um, I, I did... The way that I interpreted what he was saying, though, I thought was um, another acknowledgement that that things in the Cleon realm are slipping, basically, and that even though you know they've taken precautions and kind of, I think there's there's there are little lines in there that have talked about how they're you know they're self-correcting the DNA or, right. or doing something, but then they're also worried that their handprint's not going to work because yeah. the handprint's not an exact match anymore because the DNA is not a hundred percent like. All that type of stuff. And I felt like Cleon's response to them is basically like, well, this shouldn't be happening. Like the, the the way that I worked it out, the way that we worked it out is so that there wouldn't be friction, right? Like you can't, you're all one because you're all one man. You can't be envious of another because that's you, bro. Yeah. Right. So that like this shouldn't like it really. And, and, and I thought, you know, to, to, to add to that, I think they do an amazing job in season one of kind of showing that. That these three, even though that the power is kind of clearly like a slightly, a, it is a bit centralized with the day character for kind of major overarching decision making. Right. They are each like very like everybody seems very happy in their role and and truly kind of like united in this whole Cleon clone. We are one. Let me go burn myself in the you know in the in the the, the, the sun ray when I'm. When I'm 70. When your brother um, midnight? Yeah, when you, when I turn into brother midnight, like all good, no no harm, no foul. Uh, so that so anyway, I thought that this is just continuing to speak to the fact that like these types of 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 kind of petty grudges or concerns or suspicions or jealousies, like all this type of shit is like normal human stuff that these clones aren't really supposed to be experiencing. But the fact that the DNA is slipping in in you know in different directions and they're not exactly the same guy anymore 
is kind of like it, it this is a this is a problem this it's is a big, big problem it's a big problem because th- this is the type of stuff that would happen in a regular dynasty right, right. in a regular government a system of leadership people are that never satisfied with their position of power they always want more they're always trying to grasp onto more and other people are always trying to make make plays to reduce other people's power etc cetera, etc cetera. um and so i just thought this this all kind of spoke to the the fact that that this is this is kind of starting to crumble anyway yeah i just it was it was hard to read because we don't really know what this Cleon the first hologram we're looking at really is, right? It's a representation of his memory in some form. We know that. Yep. Yep. But to what extent and how conscious or aware is that? It didn't seem super conscious or aware. Because you would I, all... think if he was super aware or conscious, when they tell him what's going on, he would be like, "What the fuck, guys? Right. Let's right. get it together here, team. Yeah. What no, are we doing? It, it definitely seemed like a. It was like a, it was very much like a museum yeah. exhibit. Yeah, definitely. Where you like hit a button and like a hologram pops out and you can ask it like four questions, but it kind of gives you the same answer about all of them yeah. type of thing. Yeah, you don't matter at that <laughs> point. Yeah. Um I also was wondering while watching that, like if Day has so much power, could Day manipulate what even what this memory bank does and says essentially? I mean, you would think so. Um, so that that kind of crossed my mind, but but most of all, my takeaway was that like this type of infighting is a is a pretty big sign that that things are slipping. Yeah, another way I took it, Cleon the first's response to them and in, in, uh, regarding their question was like, well, if one of you has a problem with the other two, then you two should be supporting that one because you're one. He was basically being like, your problem is insignificant. Like, I mean, we kind of already covered this, but the point being. It sounded like Cleon the first, the hologram, was basically backing Brother Day more than he more than yes. he was looking to help yep. Dusk and Dawn, yes. yep. which was a little weird and off putting. But uh, anyway, that that whole scene was just absurd. I was like, wait, what? Fucking hologram of this the the OG, and we've just never bothered to discuss <laughs> this possibility before. Um, so Queen Sarath is still trying to figure out if Brother Day killed her family, which we find out he most certainly did. Yes. Um, or he had Demerzel do it. Demerzel yeah. does it, yeah. So Queen Sarath asks to copulate with Brother Day in the bedroom so she can get a look inside there. I, I thought this was a little bit, you know, murky for me. Like, she was like, I'm going to, I found out where he was almost assassinated. It was in his bedroom. I'm going to get in there under the guise of sex and have a look around. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck were you going to see? That, yeah. yeah no. It was just a little weird. It was all pretty complicated. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So she gives a better explanation after the fact when they're fighting. She's like, I got in here so I could see if it's even safe in here because I'm going to live here and I don't yeah. want to die. Which but that was, was a lie. also bullshit. Yep. Um, but at least it provided some something right, for right. me to like be like, okay, well, that makes a little <laughs> sense. Um, but she, yeah. was, she was looking for clues, I guess. Yeah, and about I guess, what happened. And, and I it guess works. they get one. It works yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. but it was still kind of bullshit. Anyway, she she's in there. She starts to like lay the seduction down on Brother Day, who turns into a bumbling boy it, when, when he's uh, mm-hmm. being you know sexually uh, aroused here. And then it turns out he doesn't know that women can be on top during sex, which was hysterical. <laughs> He's like, no, no, it doesn't work that way. Let me show you. Um, which I guess Dimmerzel, out of sheer laziness, just like <laughs> must have taught him that missionary is the only position. Uh, but uh, they don't end up having well, it's sex. The, it's the power position. It's, it, the, it's the dominant yeah, position. Yeah, it's the one right? where he like, can best get a seat in there. I mean, I, I mean, seriously, I'm, 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 I'm saying that with a smirk, but also like it, 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 like for him— 
Right. Man to be on, on top. To be on top is yeah. the more dominant position, which is where you can imagine an emperor of his nature would feel uh, most, most comfortable. comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also just provided for some really funny lines yes, it, here. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, so Day and Queen Sarith end up arguing. It gets pretty heated. Mm-hmm. And then they're engaged. Yeah. And then Demerzel comes in to like, Tug him off because he didn't get satisfied. I don't know that whole. You you're unfulfilled. <laughs> uh, yeah, shit gets yeah, creepy. Yeah, Demerzel. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's a wild one. That she's that, a fucking that robot robot concubine in there, man. <laughs> Pulling strings and making shit happen. Yeah. So Queen Sarith gets that information from inside. She's like, she's like, I saw a blood splatter behind did, his did bed. Did he call it mold? By the way. Was yeah. he like, oh, yeah, that's uh, it's just uh, it's some mold got in there. Yeah. Is that what he says that stuff is? Yes. Okay. Which, it just when lo- they showed it, 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 it I was it looks like, like... It just looks like a piece of, like, like silver plastered over some stuff. I don't know. I guess it was robot blood is basically what they were... I think the robot blood is over the bed. I think what she was looking at when she's like, oh, look at this. This is a nice sculpture. Uh-huh. I think there's like a sword slash in it or something from like when somebody swung in it. It got damaged, was my impression. Okay. Then, and then he's like, "Oh, that's mold." <laughs> Am I wrong? Isn't that not? Is that I not swear what he to says? God, that's what he says. Yeah, that's yes. what I thought. And I was just like, "What?" But nothing I saw on the screen, like, because they pan over to Queen Sarah and she's like, "This statue. This is what I'm talking about." And I saw nothing that made me go, "Oh yeah, there's some mold on there." Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Good mold growth there. So, she. Does get some information out of his bedroom, though, and then from her informant, she gets a video that shows Demerzel with a half head in, you know, right after she dunks right. Brother Day and spikes him like a football into that healing pool. Into the night milk, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, she's a robot, which the interesting information that comes in here, because I hadn't really considered it. Like, we know Demerzel is a robot, right. but I don't really remember in, in season one if they get into any of, like, the robot wars they, or, like... They do a little bit, and and we we do gather from season one that she is essentially, like, potentially the last robot, like, in existence in the universe, basically. And that's hammered home here, because yeah. they say, like, apparently there was a point where robots were very much a thing, right? And, the, and, and also, I should note, evolutionary AI was also very much a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then both were banned. Yep. And people are under the impression that there are no more robots. Zero. None. Gone. Yeah. And that makes Demerzel pretty special um, and her secret pretty, pretty Although dangerous. You, you, the, I, one curious curiosity, and I mean, I guess there are a whole bunch of explanations for this now that I'm saying it, but like, surely somebody has seen Demerzel when they were 20 and then seen her again when they're 60 and been like, hey, yo, that chick ain't age. Well, so I think... I think they're under the impression that she is just being uh, uh, decanted, decanted like the, as well, like the brothers are. Okay, brother Day, Dusk, and Dawn, like yeah, like yeah, Empire yeah. is. Uh-huh. Like, well, they've always got to have one of her, so we just you know we we right, we, we right. use her that way too. Okay, sure. But they also do a lot, and this is a, a, as we get further into season two, it's a thing that I'm reminded more and more of from season one, even like when uh, when Brother Day almost died in the assassination attempt in episode one. Mm-hmm. Then she dunks him in the pool violently and he's fixed up by these doctors, they go and wipe that memory from all of these doctors. Right. Like, so no one is aware that she ever had a half face. Right. No one is aware that he had an assassination attempt. So they're constantly doctoring other people's memories to fit their version of reality. Yep. And I guess the other thing with her is that she could just be constantly altering old versions of herself out of the memory or whatever. I guess, you Mm -hmm. know, as she does not age... They could just be constantly like, yeah. 
Well, let's um, hit the refresh button on people's memories. Let's just jump right right to that because the 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 Cleons go on their own little mission down there in the memory bank uh, with our with our brand beat brand beat boop down there. Um, just eyes fluttering, a flurry full of full of memory downloads. Yeah. Uh, and, and they, you know, they're, everybody's playing tricks. They're doing their little, their little, their little, uh, Sherlock Holmesy games to figure out which memories they can get, they can access that will give them clues. Right. And so the two, the two, right. Because the, the, the Queen Sarath is like, well, we can't get those memories. We can't access Cleon's memories, but we can get the oh, memory from a helper, the, yeah. from a helper, from a doctor. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Right. And then the Cleons go down there and they're like, well, we can't get days memories, but we can get we can access the whole list of how much every single Cleon's memory has. Right, and so that the uh, another kind of the I believe the episode ending reveal or one of them essentially no, it's not the episode ender. That's over on another planet. But um, but the day and dusk look at the bank and they see that Cleon 1 has like basically like 212 megabytes of memory or whatever or terabytes or whatever it is whatever the yeah yeah and that every other Cleon since basically has like somewhere in the range of like 80 to 85 yeah 73 82 yeah yeah and so but my, less like, than half less than half and so really like what I'm taking from that and shouts to Lara who actually pointed this out to me cuz I was too dumb to to see it but Demerizel is altering all the memories of the Cleons that's, oh yeah, okay. that, that's that's I'm pretty sure that's well. She's the constant because she's the constant. Yeah, and it's not and and since they all have it, it's not like Day is getting in there and reducing his own memories. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense. So it can only be her that's in there constantly altering even their memories. Oh yeah. Okay, um, I hadn't picked up on that all the way either. And so, and we've talked about this question of if Demarazel is like way more powerful than we're kind of even giving her credit for. And we, I think more and more we're seeing her as like this, this kind of almost like almost puppet master, really. Yeah, that's what they're um, alluding to at this point, for and, sure. And even, you know, she is the one taking care of things like a mass murder of a family uh, and and really seems to have a lot of sway and a lot of power and control here. Yeah, that makes sense. Now the question becomes like what what is she erasing what's, what's constantly? She erasing? Like yeah. what all of these guys have less than half of the amount of mm-hmm. memories. Um that means that's a lot of stuff getting wiped out of there. Like what is it and why? Um because each new one that is decanted, all of the memories of the old one are allegedly installed. But it sounds like Certainly not all of the memories from Cleon the First. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit from Cleon the First that they do not have. Yep. And that in fact they're probably having things from their existence wiped out of there as well, potentially. So yeah. It's a crazy situation. I'm not sure it can be fixed, to put it yeah. in James Harden's uh <laughs> terms. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely uh, w- one of the more interesting things to continue to watch out for is is the development of the Demerizel character, I think. And the memory stuff. And the memory stuff. It seems stuff. like it's gonna be a huge arc here. So yeah. uh lastly for episode five, we've got Gail, Salvor, and Harry with a body crash landing on Ignis, which is supposed to be where they start the secret or the second, second foundation, foundation, right? Yeah, yeah. So Salvor gets out and she's like She's like, somebody made us crash, and somebody was watching us. If crash, they wanna, yeah. if they wanna fight, well, I'm gonna go give it to them before they give it to us. And so <laughs> she goes outside by herself. I was just it's another one of those moments where I was like, logically, what you're doing is stupid. Uh-huh. She wanders around. There's some but black cloaked, hooded figure. A little bit on 
on par par for the course for Salvor, who routinely did this type of solo yeah. ride along, ride out. Yeah, you're right. Uh, over back on Terminus, you're right. right, as the warden. Like, this is kind of like what she does. This is her is, shit right here. This is her shit. She's like, oh, yeah, baby, I'm riding out there by myself. Solo solo ride out to, like, investigate yeah. the, the, the uh, you know, whatever, whatever shenanigans are going on. Well, to her credit, she totally sneaks up on the person trying to sneak up on her. Yeah. And uh, she gives him the old one-two. And that person is is Hugo Crast, yeah. her boyfriend. But pretty quickly into the interaction, you're like, this, this yeah. is fucking this weird. Is like, yeah, she's like, wait, how are you? How are you alive? And he mm-hmm. gives like an explanation that kind of makes sense, but also would be really bad writing. Not that this show is beyond that, mm-hmm. because there are moments in the show where I'm like, what sure. the fuck? Yeah, but. I was like, this would be a really bad reinsertion <laughs> of a character for a, yeah. the way he pops back up and everything. It's really, it's really suspicious. So, you find out that's actually a mentalic or a psychic, but they're called mentalics on this show, um, who is creating a vision in the group's head so that they see something different than is actually there. Hmm. So it's some like version of mind control, essentially, that this this weird group of mentalics on Ignis has going on. Yeah. And they're when, led by some woman. When they bust in the ship and then they knock everybody out, does he say, unthink them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then they just all drop. Yeah. That was weird. And then they wake up in like some weird cult yeah. area. Uh-huh. They wake up and they're like, well, there's no guards. This this door is open. I hear voices. <laughs> Let's follow them. And they go out and then there's like a little girl sitting on a throne who says she's a god. And then it turns out the little girl doesn't actually exist. She's a vision. No shadow. Th- yeah, the little girl didn't have a shadow, so that was a giveaway for old Harry with an eye. <laughs> and then uh, the 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 real leader woman pops out. She's mm-hmm. like, "Ha <laughs> <laughs> I got you fuckers good." <laughs> and she explains that uh, this is like a community of these people that she's built in some way, shape, yeah. or form. Basically, they can hang the whole um, planet. Basically. It's just a bunch of seers and mentalics and, right. and and gifted individuals with some type of, you know, ESP. And she recognizes that both Gale and Salvor have, have some version of that, yeah, but like yeah. she thinks Harry's a big dumb normie. Right. <laughs> um, and then after she sent, she's like, take them to their, their quarters or whatever. And then and then she like turns to the camera and she's like, there isn't going to be a second foundation. And yeah, it's like, yeah. Dong. Yeah. oh shit, <laughs> yeah. fucking heavy. Um, Harry, so that's where we're at. Yeah, and Harry, who knew that uh, that this was not Hugo from the, you know, he he was suspicious early on. He tells Gale to go hide the Prime Radiant from him and don't tell him where it is. Thank God Harry was onto this yeah, quick. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now it does leave the loose end of well, they could just torture Gale to, to find out where the Prime sure. Radiant is. You know. But I guess you know, one, it, 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 it's good for them not to both know, right? Yeah. Um. And so. But also puts Gale in a kind of a precarious situation because I could see Harry just being like, "I gotta kill you, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem to super value human life, you know, not not individually. It's kind of a running theme, right? That's the whole. Oh, and the, this this uh, the seer woman that that um, is kind of El Presidente of Ignis. Yeah, she's a witch, the she's, head witch. She was the one casting the visions in his head, right, from afar somehow as they approached Ignis, even oh, and, yeah. do, and doing the race thing. Oh um, shit! You're right. Yeah, yeah that's oh, what he says. I did not connect that dot. Okay. He's like, you're the one that was in my oh, head. Oh damn! Yeah, that's heavy. Yeah. So she's powerful. This witch. 
Well, and the whole planet, I mean, the, the, the whole planet is. The whole planet can seemingly get inside your head and know your memories because that's how, that's the only way that the, that the, that the original Mentalic or whatever that guy was um, could, because he knew everything, right? He was like, oh, well, I put myself in the cryosleep just like you did and connected myself to the beggar. And I just said, wake me up when it wakes her up. And like, yeah, he had the whole, he had oh, all yeah. the info. Oh, yeah. And so, Somehow these people can 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 really get in inside of your head and know all of your stuff, and that's that's spooky. Um, but obviously, yeah, the, the the foundation numero dos is gonna it's gonna be a, an uphill climb for them here on Ignis. It does <laughs> it does seem like that that is gonna be the case, Barry. I will say this too. Um, we're five episodes and we're halfway through I'm season sorry. two. I'll stop the Michael Jackson Ignis. No, thing. It's, it's so please don't. I enjoy it thoroughly. Uh, Ignis, that's Ignis. But but. Um, this this season, like basically now, the table has been set, and for the the next five episodes, you're going to see it all unfold. Okay, um, all right. It, things really heat up here. It gets very exciting because just finishing episode five last night, I was like, oh, I remember being at this point and kind of getting annoyed. I was like, there's a lot of silly shit happening here, like stuff that I'm not able to fully suspend disbelief and like get on board with, and confusing stuff and just kind of nonsense. And I think that. The fa- the nonsense silliness factor drops pretty substantially uh-huh. through the next five episodes. Um, if you've struggled so far, because I'm sure some of you have, but uh, well, how it, have you felt halfway through it, here? It's just it's interesting because I think by and large season two was more critically well received than season one. Yes, was yes, uh, and and the, when I'm you know halfway through the season. Honestly, what you're getting is like more Game of Thrones type storytelling right now. You're getting more like kind of like three or four tracks going yep. that'll probably kind of connect and intersect at some point. Uh, you know, a lot of people like sorting out kind of mysteries that are happening. Going off in their different uh, directions. You know, yeah. some, like yeah. some, some, some more character development, new characters being introduced, some just more. They're, they're, this I laughed out loud a few times during this episode. Uh, there was certain. There's certainly some hijinks and and just some wild stuff happening. So I so I I can see why people are kind of more drawn to this type of storytelling. I personally connected so much with the kind of like just blow my mind with the expansive math space bullshit yeah. in season one that I'm like I'm not connecting to this season as much. Because I, because you know, we've we've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast, but like, it's just so hard to replicate that type of Game of Thrones magic, where it's all really making sense and it's all feeling good and like nothing really feels like bad writing or a stretch or like a like super big plot hole or anything like that. And there's some of that here, you know. As, yeah, as Homer we, Mallow took a shit on the ground <laughs> in there, man. Like, <laughs> um, and I'm I'm going to go back and and rewatch the episode just so I can tell you. That like I literally I I searched it when Bel Rios is like, ah uh, yes a good docking point two hundred and fifty thousand kilometers from the <laughs> from the from the world from the planet, and then they just like jump out of the spaceship and are like <laughs> landing on the ground in yeah. four seconds. Um, yeah. it's like no dude you were like a like you're too far. You're too far, buddy. You're too far, man. Can't do that. Get closer. <laughs> Takes like the spaceship like a week to get back from the moon or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um. So, so, so it's, it's, it's required a bit of, of adjustment, I think, and just like how we're, how I'm watching the show and kind of like what my expectations are for it right now. 
um, as we kind of get into, and, you know, like, I think one of these episodes, four or five, even opens with a narration about, which kind of speaks to one of the larger themes of the show about, like, how important is an individual over the course of 100, 500, 1,000 millennia, right, right, of years. Right. Right. And it's like the individual contributions and the individuals really in the grand scheme of thing, like, you're a grain of of sand. It doesn't, you don't matter. But we as humans, we we do think we matter. We do think each other matter, uh, each other matters. Um, and so that, that, that's kind of one of the themes is like, is, is, I feel like is, is these kind of individual stories. And so as we dive more into that and, and, and kind of like zoom in rather than zoom out, it's just like taking some getting used to for me, I think, but I'm still very much enjoying the show. It's not like I, I do not find it a chore to watch. Um, and I, you know, it's still, it, it still has so much fun, right. That, that, and, and I think it, what it's doing is still super interesting, so it, it still got me. It's just um, I, I so far I like the season less than I liked season one. Yeah, I don't think uh, there's anybody who watches season one and then season two and doesn't have to make that adjustment because it does go from totally lacking in the Star Warsy Game of Thronesy type characters to inserting them all over the place. They're yep. like, hey, look, everybody's got a sense of humor now. Like it's not yeah. just like yeah. Brother Day says <laughs> funny shit, but he doesn't know he's being funny. Right. He's just a fucking weirdo because he's the eighteenth <laughs> iteration of a clone. Right. <laughs> but now you've got characters who are saying funny stuff on purpose. And like Hober Mallow, who is Hober like Mallow, Queen Sarah, Space Brother Bad Constant, Boy, right? Yeah. Like, there's a all lot of, of them. these side characters now have 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 a lot more Personality. personality yeah, yeah they do yeah. and yeah. that's it's it's a bit of a struggle at first to kind of get on board with the new the new vibe here of, of foundation season two once you've kind of accepted it which should be around the episode five six yeah. seven yeah. point then you can really buckle in and enjoy the rest of the ride um i think season two on the whole is i like it more than season one but it takes these first five episodes of them like setting the stage in mm-hmm. all these different places before you can really, I think, sink your teeth in. So we'll see next week. We'll go through six and seven. Yeah. Episodes six and seven next week here on the show. Of course, Barrett and I will be back later this week on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. We had a, yeah, last week we had six calls, um, an, uh, an awesome Patreon episode. The banter was at an all-time high, and I thought we got to to, to sink our teeth into to some more of this type of stuff. So if you left the Patreon or you've never tried it, you know, because we were kind of waffling in between things or just kind of like kind of being all over the map, like, and you, and you like the deep dive stuff more, Last week's Patreon episode was was great. Best we've had in a while, I thought. It was awesome. Um, and thank you to everybody in the Mollusk Militia tier on Patreon who called in and uh, contributed to the show. It means a lot. We love hearing from y'all. We love uh, digesting your theories and your takes and, and answering your questions. So um, join us later this week on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles with over a 1,000 members of the Clam fam, I would note, um, enjoying those bonus episodes with us. And when you join on Patreon, you gain access to our entire backlog as well, including Barrett and I's entire companion podcast for The Sopranos and all of our bonus episodes for The White Lotus and Succession and The Last of Us and everything else we covered last year. And there's a ton of stuff there. It's just five bucks to join and support the podcast and unlock those Patreon episodes on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Now, if you want to be able to get access to the hotline and the Discord, you got to get in the Mollusk Militia tier, which is 10 bucks patreon.com slash oysters clams cockles we would also appreciate it if all season long you would continue to support our sponsors by using our dedicated urls and codes 
You can always find them in the description of the episode. Today we had birddogs.com slash dragon, code dragon at checkout for that free bird dogs hat. If you're an F1 fan, check out Bolin Media's premier F1 programming, Formula Bone, at youtube.com slash at Formula Bone for all the F1 fans out there. For more from me, Ross Bolin, check out the Ross Bolin podcast wherever you get your OCC. If you're a Houston sports fan, check out Banging the Can. I know that's a smaller slice of you, but just thought I'd share that. Barrett, where can people follow you on the social Yo, medias? Uh, follow me on Instagram, like the true millennial that I am, at Barrett Dudley. Yep. See every everything else that I'm working on and doing. Instagram. I'm at WR Bolin on Instagram. I also tweet a lot still, sadly. Uh, this is the life I've chosen. At WR Bolin on Twitter <laughs> slash X. And go to bowlandmedia.com slash shop to grab yourself some merch for this holiday season. All kinds of holidays coming up, Barrett, and people can buy themselves or their friends and family succession-themed merchandise, House of the Dragon-themed stuff, White Lotus-themed stuff. Do we need we got, some foundation-themed stuff? I could bet we can come up with something. Please respect and enjoy the podcast. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's not yeah, bad. That's a good one. That's a good shirt. It's a good shirt. We've got some uh, the bear-themed stuff as well in there, bowlandmedia.com slash shop. I'm wearing the uh, much-coveted crossed out or underlined what is it kendall logan roy hat i couldn't remember his middle name for a second yeah it's logan it's his dad's name yeah. kendall logan roy hat on bowlandmedia.com slash shop as well as a bunch of other designs and t-shirts and mouse pads and thank you for being here today thank you for supporting our show thank you for listening thank you for watching and until next time please respect and enjoy the podcast